Welcome to Ami Sites, a podcast that offers you access to thought leaders who can help you expand your entrepreneurial toolbox. Learn from seasoned entrepreneurs who have already walked in your shoes and can help you with your day-to-day business decisions. Join the founder and CEO of Multifunding, Ami Kassar, and his co-host, Lynn Ozer, the president of Multifunding, aka the SBA Queen, as they help you navigate, grow, and stay in control of your business. Welcome to our next edition of Ami Sites. I could not be more excited to have the famous Marissa Levin with us. Marissa is going to share with us her story and teach us all about conscious leadership and what that means. Marissa, welcome. Thank you. It's so great to be here. And thank you for all the work that you do to help entrepreneurs meet their goals and satisfy their missions and serve their customers because we could not do it without leaders like you. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what makes you tick. Oh, gosh, what makes me tick? So uh, I've been a 30-year entrepreneur. I just launched my fifth business. So, um, you know, I think that that's really what makes me tick at the heart of all of us is a beautiful spirit. And my spirit is definitely one that is here to uplift and empower others. Um, My lifetime legacy mission, which is something that I've made up, it's an LLM, is to empower 1 billion people to live their most joyful lives. And I do that through through the work that I do, you know, through 30 years of entrepreneurship, of helping people move past their self-limiting beliefs, um, their deeply ingrained patterns that hold them back, uh, and really step into their highest potential and remember who they are. And I'm very much the intersection of what I call spe- uh, spirituality and strategy, which is why my new venture, Conscious Leadership, the I-5 Conscious Leadership company is really kind of the culmination of a, of a 30 year entrepreneurial journey and, and a lifelong spiritual path. Marissa, this is so fascinating <laughs> to me. And you just said it, what I was going to ask. You said, this is the culmination of, of the path. Could you take us back? I mean, 30 years is a long time, but take us back and tell us why you came to this point, which you're doing such important work. It's fabulous. But start start from the beginning for our listeners. So my entrepreneurial journey, you know, started 30 years ago and I was uh, working for a man who capped my worth at $34,000 when I was working with him. So my undergraduate degree is in English. Uh, I am, I think what you would call an accidental entrepreneur. I was was, an undergraduate English major with a concentration in Shakespeare. Um, But, you know, Shakespeare is the ultimate philosopher and spirit and spiritual leader. If you if you look at, you know, how he kind of has viewed the world and how he communicated that through his work. And I worked for someone that didn't value me. And my mom uh, taught me that you never let anyone else determine your value or your worth. And so as I stepped into my value in that company where I worked and I presented a business plan that really quantified what my worth was in the marketplace, I had been mentored for that um, to talk about you know, how much I should have been paid because of my education. I had a master's degree in organizational development, how much money I was making the company, Um, just what my overall value was in the market. And when he capped me at $34,000, that voice came into my head. 
um, that you don't allow anyone else to ever determine your value or your worth. And so I didn't know uh, what my next step was going to be, but I knew that I was not going to work for someone that didn't value me. And so that really is what my catalyst was for stepping into my first entrepreneurial endeavor, which was information experts. And that was an education training and human capital firm that I grew to about $14 million. I had about 75 people. And um, I grew that until I exited out of that 13 years ago. And that in itself is a whole story. Um, so then I launched Successful Culture, which uh, was a company, you know, as you can tell from the name, where my mission really was to help uh, leaders and, and, um, and organizations create cultures and places and environments where employees felt seen and heard and relevant and safe and connected and that they mattered, that the, the environment was, was a place where they felt inspired to truly step into their own potential. And so that was the purpose of successful culture. And that really was a result because with my first company, while we served 15 different federal agencies and we helped we helped them um, realize their missions and, and we created amazing work through the work that we did. My biggest, what I call return on heartbeat, ROH, was that I had created this environment where my people were so happy. And so I wanted to replicate that and take that experience to others. And that's really what the successful culture journey was about. And so I grew that until I brought in a partner because I just felt limited in terms of the impact I can make doing it myself. And I brought in a partner who I had known for 20 years and uh, we launched Successful Culture International as a separate entity. And we developed a global leadership education academy called the Scale Academy, Successful Culture Advanced Leadership Education. And we sold that last summer. So that was, um, in June that we had that exit and we, we sold that to a company that I felt was very spiritually aligned um, and culturally aligned that could really take what we did and take it to organizations in a way that would continue to nurture that mission of SCI. So we, I sold that and then I launched Marissa International, which is my global speaking and coaching platform. And then just this week, my new partner and I launched I5 Conscious Leadership which is around a model that I've created uh, about um, how leaders can be their most intentional and present and conscious selves as they're leading their organizations. And so really I see my dharma, you know, my, my purpose here from a corporate perspective um, of elevating the consciousness of the world through leadership. And that's really what I'm doing through I-5 Conscious Leadership. It's absolutely fabulous and fascinating. I was trying to follow the timeline, having always worked in corporate America and banking, for example. And I think that they were banks in general came into this culture, you mm -hmm. know, probably along with what you were doing and different banks at different times. And I remember having them hire outside companies to do things like this. And it, I think you were probably the very cutting edge of all of this everywhere. Tell us a little bit about who your clients were, but maybe one step before that, um, you're a people business, obviously, 
and labor uh, intensive from a business perspective. Did you always finance your own businesses or did you have to get outside um, money? I heard you say you took on a partner to expand. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times that's really important to take on a partner to divvy up the work. But a lot of times people take on partners because they need money. So I'm just curious about that. Sure. Um, so first question is, I've always been self-financed. Uh, you know, we don't have the technology component, although in my first company, Information Experts, we dabbled in it. And, uh, you know, that company fully was professional services, serving 15 different federal agencies across civilian defense and intelligence, as well as oh. the and private sector. But my my culture there was one that really encouraged and embraced innovation with accountability. I'm, I Every company I've built and every company I've ever done work for, which has been hundreds and hundreds, and I've coached thousands of CEOs, the first place we start is with values, mission, and vision, always. And the values of information experts, uh, innovation was one of those, but it was with accountability. So it wasn't just innovation for the sake of innovation. There had to be a business case behind what, what I allowed my people to do. And there had to be um, it had to be tied to the overall mission and vision of the organization. And so my company did um, dabble a lot in different technologies. And, you know, to pivot um, from professional services to technology or to expand from professional services to technology, those are totally different animals. I mean, they just are, they're whole different universes and it's different talent that you need. It's it's different capital that you need. It's different marketing that you need. It's different infrastructure. And so we, you know, I, I stood on that, on that crevice, right. And thought, do we want to go into technology? And what we were doing was taking our profits to fund technology development. And that's never good. And so by experimenting with it, um, we decided we weren't going to be a technology firm because there was just, there's so much money required. It's so capital intensive. And I just didn't feel that I had the knowledge or that just wasn't the direction we were supposed to go. So we've always been self-funded. And then with my other companies, yeah, we we are self-funded. Um, we've never been lowest price. We've always been highest value. And so, uh, you know, we know what we're worth and we charge accordingly because of the impact and the transformation that we make in client organizations. Regarding my partners, I've had four partnerships. So, I mean, I could literally write a book. I have a book out on building advisory boards. That's the number one best-selling book on building advisory boards. But I could literally build a book. I could write a book on building partnerships about what makes a partnership successful, what you should look for in a partner, what the three core elements of a successful partnership are. I mean, I have learned how to create really successful partnerships, but these are where we split equity and, you know, the, we put in this, the sweat capital, right. Right. Um, right. But uh, we haven't taken on debt. And so we have our whole go-to-market strategy for our new company and we're super excited for that. Um, and we're look, I'm looking forward to turning that into a multi-million dollar business too. Marissa, tell us more about the new company and this methodology and what it's all about and how it's going to work, or at sure. least how you think it's going to work today, because it might change. Thank you. <laughs> um, so it's called I-5 Conscious Leadership, and 
you know, we all have superpowers, right? And one of my superpowers is that I'm really good at visioning and envisioning and creating models on how things can be implemented. And as you know, entrepreneurs, they want to know the how, right? Like they might have a need, but they want to know how it will be done. Like that's why my model around building advisory boards, the scale model has been so successful because entrepreneurs know that they need an advisory board. They know it's one of their most important strategic assets. They don't, it's not their core competency to build an advisory board. So when someone comes in and says, we understand, I'm you, I am an entrepreneur. I understand why an advisory board is so important. Here's how we're going to get you from point A to point Z. They're like, let's do it. So with conscious leadership, I did the same thing. I just am constantly creating models. And so the model for I-5 conscious leadership is intention, identity, integrity, insight, and inspiration. And I'll go through all of those. And so my partner for I-5 Conscious Leadership, Melissa, Melissa Scott, um, is a woman who I've known for 20 years. Again, you know, very proven relationship. She's a Wharton MBA. She came up through the ranks of Accenture and Anderson Consulting and, and Booz Allen, and then worked for a global consumer products firm. And so she's just a stealth strategist. And so the combination of her strategic prowess with my strategy and then my vision really has allowed us to, to create this very robust model and process because it's about the process on how we take this into organizations. So we go into organizations and the first thing for anything, and this comes back to my roots of having a master's in organizational development, is you have to create a baseline. You have to know what you're working with. And so we start with an assessment of the um, organization in terms of where are they with their leadership? How do leaders see themselves? And then how do the organization, uh, the people in the organization see the leaders? And I will tell you in doing this work for 30 years, 100% of the time, there's a disconnect between how the leaders see themselves and how they think they're showing up and how the employees see the leaders, right? And so many of the problems that can be avoided come from having the courage and the awareness to do the work to bridge the gap between how the leaders see themselves and how the employees see themselves. Because the thing about disconnects is that if they're not addressed, they become very large divides. And in any relationship, once a disconnect moves into the place of a divide, if that is not closed, it will get to the point of no return. And so with conscious leadership, or the model we've created, we always start with the assessment. Um, I'm, I'm certified in the Enneagram, which is a very robust psychometric tool that really gets into the nine different personality types. And we could do a whole program on that. Um, but we do the Enneagram testing on the leader. And then we use, I'm certified in EQ and EI, emotional intelligence. I'm certified in a very robust tool for that. So we do an EQ assessment on the leader. And then we also do a 360 so that they learn how other people think they're showing up. A leader might come in and think that he's being very empathetic and very compassionate and very connected to what their employees need. And the employees might be experiencing him in a totally different way. So our work initially we'll point those things out and then we will work 
with a custom program and a custom roadmap to help the leader come uh, into connection with their intention as a leader. How do they wanna show up as a leader? Their identity as a leader? What, what, how do they see themselves as a leader? Are they hands-off? Are they engaged? Are they a micromanager? Are they an empowerer? There, there's so many ways that leaders can show up. Then we look at integrity. How aligned are their thoughts, words, and actions within the organization? Are they being intentional around their integrity? Then we look at insight. And the insight with the capital S is about how clearly do you actually see your people? See them beyond people who can just make you money, but see them as human beings. When I was running information experts, I always thought that the CEO, in addition to being the chief executive officer, was the chief emotional officer. Being able to see my people as human beings who, you know, carried a lot of baggage because we all do. And all of that comes into our organizations. So how do we as leaders have empathy and see the people that we that work for work with us and work for us? And then the final I is uh, inspiration. And we all know that the best leaders are those that can inspire movements within their companies and inspire employees to give more, be more, do more, achieve more, to fulfill that vision and mission. And so we help these leaders really align with intention, identity, integrity, insight, and inspiration. And all of this isn't just woo-woo. What we've done is we've tied it all to the top line and bottom line. And we've tied it all to employee engagement because when employees are engaged, we have all the numbers about the impacts on the success of the business when employees feel seen and heard and safe and relevant and connected. And that's why it's so important to be highly conscious as a leader to know exactly how you're showing up. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. Is it consulting? It is uh, education. We do a full training program around conscious leadership. And we don't just train the CEO. We go in and we train the leadership team. So it doesn't do any good if we only train one person, right? We have to actually spread the model throughout the organization so that all of the leaders become highly conscious. And then that cascades down through the organization. So it's training, it's consulting, and it's coaching. We have a coaching piece after we've rolled out the model to uh, make sure that these new ideas and ways of showing up really stick because we have to un we have to unwind the way things have been done as well, right? It's sometimes, as Yoda said, we have to unlearn what we must what we have learned, right? We must unlearn what we have learned, and that is so you know so often the case when we go into companies where these leaders have been hardwired and conditioned to do something a certain way. But we're, the world is calling for us to do it differently. As we know, there's such an emphasis on consciousness, on elevated consciousness now that the world is finally waking up that we're all connected. Everything matters. Every single thing we do matters. We put out certain energy into the universe. We put out energy into our organizations. People have come through a lot with the pandemic and they need leaders that are truly connected to who they are uh, in their humanity. And so that's really, you know, for me, 
to be able to bridge my 30-year entrepreneurial path with the deep spiritual work I've been doing my whole life as a 55-year-old, um, to be able to bring that all together and to have the credibility to do it, right? I mean, it's not like I'm a 25-year-old you know, new business owner who is just really excited about elevated consciousness, right? I mean, I literally have built four businesses. This is my fifth. I have been through the ringer, you know, with growing businesses and coming back from the brinks of bankruptcy and leading hundreds and hundreds of people. I have credibility around this. And I truly understand the intersection of consciousness and leadership. And that's what we've created. It's great. It's just great <laughs> stuff. How difficult is it to build a team of your own who has the ability to, you know, do what you do. I, I listen to you and I'm like all ears, all excited, all inspired. You come to my company and you sell me on this because it's wonderful. And then the day comes and you're not the person who's doing all this. Sure. I'm coming from the business perspective. Yeah. I buy into you sure. and your enthusiasm and your understanding and yeah. credibility on this topic. How are you not the one who has to do all the training once it goes forward? I love that question. Um, so it's interesting. I don't live from a place of fear ever. Like I, it just, it's not part of how I'm wired. I see the vision and I, and I just have I've manifested literally everything that I've wanted to manifest. And I your vibe becomes your tribe. All right. Like, think about that. Your vibe becomes your tribe. The people in my universe see the world in similar ways, right? I have the most amazing bench and community of consultants and leaders and strategists who have the same level of experience that I have and see the world in this, in the same way. Um, when we become part of the universe, the universe becomes part of us. So I am always, I'm the first one to say, I need help. Who wants to be a part of this? Let's build this community. Let's build this tribe. I am so deeply connected to so many incredible people. I have no concerns whatsoever about hiring and bringing in and partnering with other professionals that can execute my vision and can see the world the way I see it. I have three extraordinary communities that are my backbones and my lifelines. EO, right? I mean, I've been involved with EO for decades. I mean, they were my home when I built my first company. I served on the on the uh, the board of EODC. I helped to build the the membership base base for EO Baltimore. I stood up EO Accelerator with Marsha Rawls and EODC. You know, I I served on the global board for a minute. <laughs> so like EO has been, you know, such an important home for me. I'm a member of Cadre, which is another community of extraordinary leaders and entrepreneurs. And then I'm a member of Maverick, which is yet another, and that's a global. So when we become part of the universe, the universe becomes part of us. If we're going to sit at home alone and not get involved with other organizations and not develop relationships and not put ourselves out there, our ability to expand will be very limited. If we put ourselves out there, we will attract what we need to build what we want to need, what we want to build. 
I have no concerns whatsoever about building the most incredible team to execute our vision. So these companies are you going to serve? Sounds expensive, is it? Do you have to be a big company to get this? No, no. We have a sliding scale um, based on the number of leaders, right? Getting back to what my personal dharma is, my mission to elevate the consciousness of the world through leadership, I want to make sure that this is accessible to everybody. Okay. So the smallest companies, you know, even if it's one leader, we have a program to serve the solopreneur. We literally have a program to serve the solopreneur who wants to start their entrepreneurial journey from a place of high consciousness. We get them ready to do that, to build an organization based on the I-5 conscious leadership principles. We work with smaller companies, and that's a different price point, that maybe have under five leaders, three to five leaders that they want to run through the program. Then we go to 10 leaders, and then we continue to scale it. I want to make sure if my mission is to elevate the consciousness of the world through leadership, I can't limit it to companies who can just stroke me a big check. My, I'm not motivated by money. Yes, we bring value and yes, we want to be profitable, but I'm not, that's not my driver. And I also do public speaking. I, you know, I, I do very high-end executive coaching. I write books. I have, I have different streams for revenue. My driver here is not, you know, is not to, um, not to be the, the biggest. I mean, it, it really is to be the most accessible for what we're bringing to the market. So your public speaking, where do you speak? How often does speaking drive business to this new business? Yeah. How's that all? Sure. Um, so it does drive business. Uh, and we are going to be taking this into my model, into the government. I've got, you know, I also have a very strategic mind. So I've already identified, I have no desire to ever be a government contractor ever again. I did that. I'm not interested in that, but I certainly would be foolish. The government is in my backyard, right? And it's our biggest national customer. So I have relationships, getting back to the relationships. I have relationships with some amazing uh, prime government contractors in the organizational development space that we will partner with. And I'm very happy to be a sub and I've lived in that world. So I know what that's all about, um, both as a prime and as a sub. I've, you know, that's that's been my one of my playgrounds. Um, so we will work with the government, we will work with nonprofit and we will work with private sector. Regarding my speaking, uh, I, I speak really anywhere. I mean, for any nonprofit, any organization, uh, for different entrepreneurial communities. I was just asked to speak for EO Toronto um, on building my advisory board, on building advisory boards. I speak for many different EO chapters. I've spoken at EO Nerve. Vern has put me on his stage at his events. Um, but really anyone that where my message resonates um, regarding elevated consciousness when it comes to leadership, uh, the role that emotional intelligence plays in leadership, stepping into your power. I have a power model that stands for purpose, ownership, worth, efficacy, and resilience. So it helps women and it helps really anybody how to remember their power, how to step into their power. I created a joy model on how to live your most joyful life. And that's people, purpose, path, potential, power, and play. So I speak about how to live your most joyful life. So I've got a nice collection of different topics that are all related to living your most joyful life and stepping into your highest potential. And 
who, whatever organization believes that that message would be beneficial to their employees or members, I'm very happy to give that message. That's great. How long is the the sales cycle? Or do you find that people that hear your message are like, we need this and we need this now? Um, or do the people who do the hiring have a lot of convincing to do? I, or does it depend where they are in, you know, on that spectrum? Right. Okay. So, um, so you mentioned earlier, like I'm on the cutting edge of stuff. Like when I did the culture stuff, I was on the cutting edge of that. Right. Um, when I brought the yeah. advisory board model to the world, you know, that was very cutting edge. Right. And all of a right. sudden like, wow, there's actually a model on how to do this. Right. So, you know, it's, it's awakening, it's educating, it's enlightening people. We're bringing conscious leadership to the world now. That's provocative. Like, that's like, wow, tell me a little more about that. Right, right. So I'm comfortable with the need to be patient and the need and the opportunity to educate people to see things differently. I don't convince anybody of anything. Um, when the student is ready, the, te the teacher appears. My message will resonate with people that are that it's meant to resonate with. Um, what we are doing though is through um, Cadre and Maverick, I'm, we are offering beta uh, consulting engagements because we're just bringing it to the market, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're offering it to the members um, at a discounted rate so that we can get feedback on what works and what they like and where we should tweak and all of that. Mm -hmm. And they are going to get a very good value. Um, and that will give us also a lot of testimonials, right? So uh, we are bringing it to the market uh, in that regard. And I mean, anyone who hears this, if they're interested in the conscious leadership model, and they think that this is something that can elevate their organization, I'm happy to offer that to your listeners as well, um, to be part of our beta community, 100%. So I believe the message will land where it's supposed to land. We're literally just starting the marketing and the social media and getting like the engine revved, right? Uh, and kind of getting it out there. I have a very large LinkedIn following. Um, I think 25,000 people follow me. We've got a, a great newsletter on conscious leadership in life. I wrote for Inc. Magazine, so I've got a following there. So um, I am, I just, I have a knowing around what we're building that not only will it be successful, but it's going to really change the way leaders show up for their people and really change the experience that employees have. Uh, and that's, I just have a knowing that it's going to be, that it's going to work. At one point you mentioned this, I think it was when you were talking about technology with, you know, results or something. Is there, do you have data in your sales pitch about you know, you did say you affect the top and the bottom line and you, you share that because some, yep. no matter how much this is appealing to some portion of a leadership team, there's always going to be the others who are saying, you know, what's, you know, what are the, what are the data points? What is the, what are the results? How can we tie this to improved performance? Yes. Yes. And my partner, you know, who, again, you know, educated by Wharton coming up through Accenture and Booz Allen, you know, yeah. very, very steeped in making sure that that business case is there. Right. Okay. So um, what we know is that 
uh, through our research and most of it through Gallup, uh, but of some other sources, uh, only 21% of employees are engaged at work. 19% of employees are fully miserable and 60% of employees are emotionally detached. 21% only are engaged, 19% surveyed, and this is thousands and thousands of employees are miserable, 19% are miserable, 60% of employees are emotionally detached. And what we know about employee disengagement is that it leads to 41% higher absenteeism, 17% lower productivity, 20% less sales revenue, 21% lower profitability, um, higher turnover, lower rate of innovation, decline in customer satisfaction, challenges finding new talent. But then if you look at companies that have engaged employees, 18% increase in productivity, 43% less attrition, 10% higher customer loyalty, and 81% lower absenteeism. They also have 23% higher profit than companies that do not have high employee engagement and 28% outperform their competitors. So we know that the employee that the companies that invest in employee engagement will thrive. We know that that um, they have a 60 cent per, 66% higher average five-year growth rate in their stock price than companies that have lower engagement. And we know that uh, employee engagement, we know that the single most important factor of employee engagement is leadership. We know that the manager's effect on the workplace is so significant that Gallup can predict 70% of the variance in team engagement just by getting to know the boss. Leadership is the single highest predictor of employee engagement. We know that from research, and that's exactly why we have focused on the leader in conscious leadership, because they are the ones that drive the employee engagement, which ultimately affects the top and bottom line. So this is all developed in uh, a basis of research. So you mentioned you write for Inc. I actually um, resigned my Inc. column after a decade. I resigned too. I resigned too. I did write. I was their culture leadership columnist for many, many years, and I resigned it too. Mm. I'm waiting now for a, a community I love called 21 Hats, and it's founded by a friend of mine who used to be the small business editor at the New York Times. Okay. And it's great. So if you're interested in an introduction to him, I'm I am. To do it. I am. I am. I, I, I resigned it because honestly, I couldn't keep up with the pace. They wanted six columns a month. Um, and I'm a really fast writer and I write stream of consciousness at 800 words. So 4,800 words a month. And when I went to them and asked if I could decrease it, um, my columns were very well read. They said, no, <laughs> so I couldn't, I, but it was such a, it was such a, a um, gift to write for ink, you know, and to be, and, and I still, I still use those columns all the time to help my clients. And I would absolutely be grateful for that introduction. So thank you. We could do a subconscious leadership training there, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> I, was gonna, I was gonna say, Ami, why don't you share why you're not there? But no, that's no, no, okay. No, it's hard, you know, journeys ebb and flow, right? Like you were absolutely. there for the moment when you were supposed to be there and then you weren't supposed to be there anymore, just like me. And it's fine. It is what it is. It's all good. It's all, it's all good. good. It's all good. 
Marissa, if people want to learn more about all this cool stuff, where do they go? Uh, so I5 Conscious Leadership, that's the letter I, the number five, consciousleadership.com. And find me on LinkedIn. I mean, I definitely want to be followed and connected with everybody on LinkedIn. Um, those are really the two main places. I mean, I have an Instagram account that's got, I don't know, 25,000 followers, but I don't really post it. Like, I'm not really active on there. Um, it really is LinkedIn and the I5 Conscious Leadership website. And there's a great white paper that can be downloaded from the I5 Conscious Leadership site on the connection between self-awareness and leadership. Great. Great story. Thank you for sharing. Such a pleasure. Um, it was, nice was a pleasure to listen and learn from you. Thank Aww, you. Thank you, Lynn. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. You too. Thank you so much for this space. Thanks for joining us today on Ami Sites. Since 2010, multifunding has helped businesses achieve their biggest growth goals through creative and personalized funding solutions, working with a network of the nation's top lenders. Visit us at multifunding.com where you can meet our advisory team and learn more about how we help entrepreneurs fund their future.